0: Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, it's Dr. Will Cole. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is is The Art of Being Well. What's up and welcome to The Art of Being Well. I am a leading functional medicine doctor. I get to consult people around the world via telehealth and I'm a New York Times bestselling author. I wrote Intuitive Fasting, The Inflammation Spectrum, Ketotarian, and Gut Feelings. If you want to learn more about our clinical work, The telehealth center here, we have lots of free resources there for you as well. You can check it all out at drwillcole.com. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E.com. And listeners of the podcast, we're giving away free healthy stuff every single episode. All you have to do for a chance to win is head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review The Art of Being Well there tell us what you love about the show, you can leave your Instagram handle in the Apple Podcast Review itself, or you could take a screenshot of your Apple Podcast Review and message me on Instagram at Dr. Will Cole. And every single month, no matter when you listen to this episode, we're giving away free healthy things that I love and you get to pick. We're giving away free signed books. We're giving away free supplement protocol, supplement stacks that we have at drwillcole.com. We're giving away free functional medicine, telehealth consultations with the team. So you have so many things to pick from if you win. So for a chance to win, that's all you have to do. Let's get to today's guest. His name is Chef Cezanne Drew Ellis. I love this guy. You're going to learn so much from him. He oversees the development and execution of their organic plant-based menu at all Cafe Gratitude restaurants in Southern California. After spending eight years in Venice, Italy, apprenticing in kitchens both great and small, Drew returned to San Francisco working as executive chef for the original Cafe Gratitude restaurants for four years before moving to Los Angeles as corporate chef of Cafe Gratitude in Southern California, bringing his health-based flavor-driven cuisine to a wider audience. In 2017, Cezanne received lay ordination in the Soto Zen lineage of the Shunrayu Suzuki Roshi at the San Francisco Zen Center, where he continues his Buddhist practice. I'm going to pick his brain on so many different things. And in the conversation, I have exciting news to tell you about. Let's get right to it. This is Chef Saison Drew Ellis's Art of Being Well. Chef Drew, my friend, thanks for coming on the podcast.
1: Thanks for inviting me to this amazing studio. I'm excited. Uh, uh, Hey, my house is
0: your house. <laughs> hey, so I am a lover of words and names and the meanings behind names and words. And I'd love to learn about your full name, Chef Cezanne Drew Ellis. What's this? Let's start with Cezanne. What's yeah. the origin of it? I'd love to learn about it.
1: Well, Cezanne is the Dharma name that was given to me by my teacher, Abbas Fu Schrader at San Francisco Zen Center, where I've been practicing Zen Buddhism for the last like 16 years, I would say. So in that tradition, what happens is after a certain number of years of practice, you can ask your teacher and let the teacher know that you would like to receive the precepts, the first precepts, which in Buddhism are the, the 12 Buddhist precepts. And to do that, when, if your teacher grants you that, if they feel that you're ready to do that, you sew a rakasu, which is a, a Buddha's robe. You might have seen, they're sort of like little bibs that you've seen some, some Buddhists wear. In the Soto Zen tradition, we sew our own robes. And you sew your robe, and you sew your robe, and it's it's arduous, you know. You're these teeny tiny stitches, and once that's done, then you go into a ceremony called uh, jukai, which is your teacher basically formally asking you to receive the precepts and do you commit to the precepts. And prior to the ceremony, you give your teacher the robe that you've sewn, and after you know a certain amount of time of meditation and and consultation. She In my case, she decides what your Buddhist name will be. And when you take the precepts, the robe is given back to you, and she's done the kanji calligraphy on the back of the robe with your new name, and you're presented with your new name. So in my case, it's Seizan Kiyu is the full name. So Seizan means blue mountain, and Kiyu means noble companion. And Mm. so it could be anything. It's how, you know, whatever the teacher has decided, either you are currently manifesting in the world or what you would actually, are being called to manifest in the world. So wow. yeah, so Cezanne, it's like the Cafe Gratitude affirmations. I try to use it as much as I can in my real life because more use creates more power in that name. You know, me mm-hmm. manifesting more what my teacher has instructed me with in the world.
0: Wow, that's powerful. I mean, it's amazing. And you think of, thanks for sharing that by the way. I do pre- appreciate it. I think of in Hebrew, you know, you know, the name, mm. the word for name is Shem, right? And it comes from where it's part of the word Neshama, which is soul. So I always oh. think of that as being a beautiful way of seeing it. Is like your name is, it's the same concept within Buddhism, right?
1: This really, sort of, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like some
0: this, le, this level of soul. So, all right, I, I was going to ask you about Buddhism, and we're going to talk all about nutrition, and 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 yeah. what we're going to go there. But this is called the art of being well, and part of the art of being well, is that mind-body connection, the mental, emotional, even spiritual component, how that impacts our physical health. And the research is very clear on that and something that we work and integrate into patients' lives, depending on where they're at and what tools are the most appropriate for them. So I'd love to start there, like your spiritual walk and how, how did Buddhism find you? How did you find Buddhism? Can we go there?
1: Yeah, well, it was so interesting that this is not the direction that I was thinking we were going to go in, but it's really something that's so connected. I agree with you. It's both connected for me personally. I mean, my journey, you know, most of the most of the Buddhist traditions are vegetarian, you know, primarily. There's a few Tibetan ones that aren't based on, you know, what, what natural materials they have at their temples on top of mountains, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, most of the Japanese, Chinese, Indian traditions are vegetarian. And I think that was where I first... Who experienced Buddhism was with my work at the San Francisco Zen Center restaurant Greens in uh, San Francisco. It was one of the very first fine dining vegetarian restaurants in the world and it was founded by the San Francisco Zen Center which is the first sort of Japanese temple of Buddhism outside of Japan. And I started working with them and I heard about their monastery Tassajara which is in the Carmel Mountains just outside of Monterey. And I was very intrigued by what was going on there because initially it was run by monks like it was this fine dining restaurant they they, (laughs) that they created as a practice center for monks right That didn't go so well you know and i would say after the first few years they had to you know sort of get more structure into it and you know to be able to run a restaurant they took over the incredible you know fort mason space which looks over the san francisco bay and looks you know right at the the golden gate bridge and that was where i was first exposed to buddhism and started to attend retreats and various sitting meditations and and whatnot and At one point, that was probably in the late 90s. And I moved to Venice, Italy for 10 years. I sort of had a whole other diversion in my life. And the Buddhism part kind of went to the wayside. And when I moved back to San Francisco in 2009 to work at Cafe Gratitude, I was just called again to start participating more in the Buddhist community. So I started going out to Green Gulch Farm, which is where my temple is just Mm in Marin County across the Golden Gate Bridge. And you know, really started to, to dive into the Buddhism, working with a teacher more formally, and and doing long, you know, you know, week, ten day sitting retreats, and it just really connected me to. I would say the food was definitely an avenue, but the food and the Buddhist traditions for me were so intertwined, you mm-hmm. know, because it came to me through food at the San Francisco Greens Restaurant, and mm-hmm. continued through mm-hmm. um, the more I sat, the more I studied, the more sort of vegetarian food was, was resonating with me. And I just, you know, my career began to grow and grow, I think, as a result of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Thank you for yeah. sharing that. Yeah. So at Zen, I know there's different schools of Buddhism, and I, I'm complex. I know that we're not going to go in a deep dive here, but what is the main point that sets Zen Buddhism apart from other types of Buddhism?
1: Yeah, that's a big question, but there's I would say the the one of the things that divides the schools of Zen. There's a, a few different schools of Zen, but the the Soto Zen school is really known for its sitting practice, which mm-hmm. is you know what I'm doing. So we do less, say koan study. You know the Japanese koans or the the, the Zen teaching stories. We do less of that study, and we do a lot more of sort of open mind sitting which is really wall gazing and sitting with your back to the room looking at a white wall you know for for extended periods of time and just allowing yourself to settle in in a way that i would say more formal or guided meditations don't allow you to do because there's a certain point if you're sitting for a seven day retreat about day three and a half four is about when your mind is so tired of running at stories, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like when you're sitting for 14 hours a day, it c- it just can't run any more stories and you actually mm-hmm. short circuit, it just stops, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. not completely forever, but it stops for long enough periods of time where you can experience that kind of silence and go, oh, okay, mm-hmm. you know, I just, those stories don't really mean anything. They've run their course and look at, I'm still sitting here looking at this wall, <laughs> you know? So it's yeah. super, It's grueling, but beautiful at the same time, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. What This meditation practice and these specific, you know, schools of meditation, what have you noticed in your physical health, mental health, whatever? Like, what are the biggest things you've noticed since you've been practicing these meditation techniques?
1: Well, I would say what I do notice is when I don't do it. You know, that's, Mm. that's really what happened for me. If I'm not sitting, if I'm not really allocating the time to not even just sit, but to really experience things that are not work, things that are not you know, pressured requirements of my daily life to get forward in the world. Like when I step back from that and allow myself the time to do the sitting, you know, it's everything. you you know, you sleep better, you you digest better, you're you're just a better person to be around. I have some clarity, I have some perspective in the world, which, Generally, if I stop sitting, you know, and I'm not putting the time there, that starts to evaporate and I start to get, Mm -hmm. you know, anxious, depressed, you know, yeah, I would say anxious and depressed if I'm not committing to that practice.
0: Mm -hmm. Many new telehealth patients will ask me, people that listen to the podcast, it's a common question that I get is, what are some fast, casual places that I love, that I know Fits the criteria of ingredients and food quality that I would stand by. A company that I am a massive fan of is Sweet Green. And you all know if there's a sponsor on the podcast, it's because I go there myself. I recommend it to telehealth patients. My team loves it, or all three. This is definitely in all three. And Sweet Green is known for their salads. They also have these amazing new protein plates that I want you all to try. There's so many different protein plates to pick from. They have the miso-glazed salmon. They have the hot honey chicken protein plate. They have the Southwest chicken fajita. So many different things. One of the top things that I see when I'm looking at patient food logs and optimizing their clinical nutrition is that they aren't optimizing protein. And I want the very minimum 30 grams of whole food complete protein per meal. So they take the guesswork out of this because... The miso-glazed salmon has 33 grams of protein. The hot honey chicken has 49 grams of protein. The Southwest chicken fajita has 47 grams of protein. And in addition to the protein, you're also getting a lot of fiber-rich vegetables, of course, which we need for our gut health. And there are no seed oils in these protein plates, only extra virgin olive oil or avocado oil. What's super cool is that every sweet Sweetgreen location works with local farmers and local suppliers, which I love. They're supporting our local community. Use promo code COAL5 for $5 off for all new users. Try the all new protein plates at your local Sweetgreen or in the Sweetgreen app. Taking care of your health isn't always easy, but it should at least be simple. That's why for years now, I've been drinking AG1 every day. It's just one scoop mixed in water is how I do it. And it makes me feel more energetic, more focused. And I've been such a super fan. Every year, honestly, they get better and better. They are something simple, sustainable for you to do every single day. It's a micro habit that has maximum benefits for your health and for your life. As someone that looks at labs for a living... Look, nutrient deficiencies are ubiquitous. You can fill in the gaps of the most common nutrient deficiencies with AG1. Think of AG1 like a multivitamin, a multimineral, a green superfood, an adaptogen blend, a functional mushroom blend, a probiotic gut support blend, all in one. It's going to support your longevity pathways. It's going to support lower inflammation. It's going to support immune system, gut health, hormone health, all the things, your skin health, your hair health, all the things because it's foundational nutrition. That's what they're great at. AG1 has honed in the best of the best when it comes to foundational nutrition, meaning every single human needs to fill in the gaps and they're making it super simple. And when you are running with chronic nutrient deficiencies, that's what's linked to a lot of chronic health problems. So this is insurance for your health, for your body, for the long term. AG1 is a product that I recommend to elevate your health. And that's why they've been a partner since the inception of The Art of Being Well. So if you want to take ownership of your health, start with AG1 today. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3, K2. You get a whole year supply of that. And also five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash That's drinkag1.com slash Check it out. You mentioned, and and I know this to be true for many philosophies or spiritual traditions, mm-hmm. philosophical traditions, is this tie between that philosophy and food. And you mentioned kind of this parallel journey, and it's it's inextricable to on some level. So could you explain to people like the the being more vegetarian, being plant-based, and how that's yeah. tied to. These principles.
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the most important—well, not one of the most important texts, but an important text in the Soto Zen tradition in my my lineage, which is the the founder was Eihei Dogen, who was a 13th century Japanese monk, you know, roshi. He wrote a book called Instructions to the Cook when, you know, that was one of the primary texts. And really the instructions to the cook are, yes, instructions to the cook, you know, make sure that you're using all parts of the vegetable, make sure that you're being present when you chop. But in each of those instructions is an instruction for your life, you know, for your instruction, how to stay present with what you're doing, an instruction to, you know, be aware of what's around you, you know, sort of see your connection to the rest of the world, not just, you know, you you, you, we're all interconnected, at least that's what, what's what mm-hmm. we're we're manifesting in Sotas and Buddhism. And his instructions to the cook allow us to tap into that. So it's, you know, those kinds of things are, you know, really linked to my job. And I do sometimes, you know, stop and go, wow, you are so spun out right now. <laughs> this is not what Dogen was talking about, you know. And, and of course, we all get, you know, the the, I, it, the intention is not to make us perfect, intention is to be there, to practice enough, to remember that when you get there to that stressed out moment, oh, there's another way I can, I can step back here for a second and not get so triggered, you Mm -hmm. know, and not get so anxious.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, so were you plant-based before your experience with Buddhism? What came
1: first? Plant-based came first. I, I originally became a vegan for the animals. That was my first, and it still is a primary... I would say the health benefits uh, were the secondary consideration for me. And that was when I was 19, which was almost 40 years ago. So, you know, it's like, it's been a long road. So I was definitely vegan or I was vegetarian. I went plant-based before my Zen practice started. That came, I would say you know, 10 years later or so, but it's all mm-hmm. of that similar path, right? Once you start moving in that river, mm-hmm. those kinds of, you know, you start moving around the things that attract you obviously, right? So vegetarianism led me to look at, you know, people who are practicing us at, you know, Gandhi, and, you know, the different Zen masters, like they were all, you know, but plant-based or vegetarian, whatever we want to call it. And that, you know, mm-hmm. sort of made me think, hmm, what is that Buddhism thing about? Let me go look at that, you know, mm-hmm. so.
0: Yeah. I think that's beautiful. I mean, obviously people know, and you know this, but for people listening to podcast, most people know that I'm an omnivore. The, the ethos yeah. of the show is to find your art of being well. Like the analogy that I use is different facets of a diamond and all reflecting light in yeah. its own way, but all part of the same diamond. And I'm not very dogmatic when it comes to bio-individuality and finding out not just clinically what's the most effective, but also what... Like lights you up? What's enjoyable for you? What resonates with you? Because food shouldn't be punitive or miserable. And I want people to eat whole foods. And I know that that's the common bond between what I want people to get out of this conversation, no matter what it looks like. And we have telehealth patients that are completely plant-based and all the way to completely carnivore and then everything in between based on clinical goals, preferences, all that stuff. So just to bring a caveat to that. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, coming from yeah. someone that does eat a specific way, what's your thought on that, I guess, diversity within wellness
1: and types of eating? Well, I mean, I've, I think like you, I've, I've come across, you know, in my role as a chef, you have to meet people where they are and in my opinion, if you, wanna, if you want to make progress in the world. And even when I was reviewing the Gut Feelings book, which I haven't read the whole thing, but I've, you know, I've been scanning it as part of the process of developing this menu and, you know, preparing for this podcast and embarking on this collaboration that we're doing. And I was very struck by that, that you are meeting people where they are, you know, and I think that restrictive diets are not healthy. I think that, you know, I personally feel that a vegan or vegetarian diet would work for everybody, but I also feel that that's on a physical, scientific level. However, there's so many more things that we are as human beings, right? So what is your life experience? What's your economic experience? What's your cultural experience? There are ways that you can eat, as you say, a whole food diet, whether it's plant-based or not, that's going to support health. There's no... Mm -hmm even though I'm a, I'm an advocate for a plant-based diet, there's, you know, I know there's lots of people out there eating carnivore diets that Mm -hmm. seem to be getting great health, you know, results on, you know, on their own. And, and that's not, that's not my path, but it could be somebody else's path. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I know that Cafe Gratitude's customers are about 20% plant-based people and then, you know, 80% of them are omnivores, you know, and, and that's the people I'm speaking to as well. So. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying
0: that. And I yeah. I told you this offline before, but like for years, I gone, when I'm in LA, I will go to Cafe Gratitude and now I'm like meeting the man behind the brilliant, delicious <laughs> whole, like you wouldn't even know, like whatever the American or Western world cliche of, of plant based or vegan foods, you don't yeah. even know it. You're going and just eating delicious, amazing food. Do You get that a lot, people saying like, oh, I didn't even know no, this is plant-based.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think in, in our case, it's even more interesting because for the last, I think I've been 15 years with Caffeine Gratitude now, we don't use meat alternatives. Or, you know, we just recently put on a cheese. One of our GMs has a, his wife has a new vegan cheese company. And that's the first time as well that I bought a, a vegan cheese outside of the company. I tried to work well, I do work with, with whole foods. That's what I do. And so we don't use, and I'm not against or anti beyond impossible, like any of that stuff. I mean, I think there's a a fun place for that in the vegan diet, you know, or the plant-based diet. And I'm not, I think that they are helping to people helping people move away from unhealthier foods, Mm -hmm. even though they've, you know, they, I think they have their own little (laughs) health, health considerations. However, back to what I was saying, which is working with whole foods, I think, works with a lot of people's traditional diets, even, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. beans are part of many cultures, diets, you know, mushrooms are part of diets, you know, vegetables are part of diets. So I think I try to get people to think of vegan food as, or plant-based food as something that's not unusual. It's actually been a part of our diets since, you know, for millennium. And I'm just Mm -hmm. packaging it in a way that hopefully has them not miss, let's say the animal proteins.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting statistic. I've always wondered that. So the average, statistically, people that go into cafe gratitude about twenty percent are plant based, yeah. and
1: eighty percent are omnivores. Yeah, I would say that's you know I don't have the scientific data, but yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what it is. You know, people who are coming in with their plant based girlfriend, their their <laughs> plant based family member, you know, and then I would say we originally started in the Bay Area as as like a health vegan thing. You know, like that was Mm -hmm. kind of like people went, we were a raw food restaurant originally. We had just a few, like we had beans and we had quinoa. And I think we had a cooked soup of the day. Everything else was raw. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And when we moved to Los Angeles, it became, I would say more like in, in the San Francisco, we were more about the transformational aspect of Cafe Gratitude, which was super fun and interesting and weird and wacky. And then we moved to Los Angeles and it became a lot about, oh, you know, the glow of it. Like, how can you eat food that makes you glow? And, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's sort of where we kind of went in Los Angeles and people, people resonated with it on that level as opposed to necessarily it being plant-based or vegetarian.
0: Yeah, yep. Yeah. High quality, nutrient dense, whole foods. That's yep. what we're exactly. talking about here. Yep. So, I mean, for people that are, I mean, most people got it by now, but I mean, we're talking about this iconic, Los Angeles, Southern California-based yeah. restaurant, plant-based restaurant called Cafe Gratitude. I mean, it's like everybody in LA knows about Cafe Gratitude, right? I mean, it's pretty much you have to know who you are.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's been, but this is, we're celebrating our 20th anniversary this year. So, you know, as a brand, yes, we did start in the Bay Area. We were there for, I can't remember, maybe five or seven years. But really the, I would say the the more national recognition or just, you know, the the real iconic placement in the Los Angeles food scene came when we moved to Los Angeles. And now we've been here for, you know, 15, 16 years. So, mm-hmm. you know, we've survived the the peaks and the valleys and the COVIDs and then everything else. And, you know, mm-hmm. so yeah, we've, we've earned our place, I feel. For sure. <laughs> St- yeah. what, at, what are the different locations right now? Like where can people go? Right now we have our first location, which is in Larchmont near Paramount Studios in Hollywood. And then we have another location, which is very well known in Venice because it's super, you know, embedded in the Venice community. And then we have also Newport Beach. We have an outpost in Newport Beach. So we have three currently. Yeah.
0: I've been to all three. And at one point there was a
1: Beverly Hills one, right? There was Beverly Hills. Yeah. Yeah. And we had uh, had a location in the Arts District and also in San Diego. Okay. Got it. So, you know. Well, I'm I'm trying to hit all
0: locations just to say that I've done (laughs) it and I can get my like frequent flyer uh, (laughs) mile Gratitude frequent flyer mile. You should have that actually, (laughs) Denny. A a stamp, like a passport or something. Yeah. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any diseases. Did you know that after the age of 21, you start losing 1% of your collagen every single year? Here's how it works. Collagen is important for your skin because it gives natural support and firmness to your skin. Biosil is a premium product that helps you generate your own collagen. And it helps you to protect the collagen you already have. It's backed by science over 25 years and $25 million in research. And there's real results with this product. Biosil is clinically proven to work for healthier hair, healthier skin, and healthier, stronger nails. It increases skin elasticity by upwards of 89% and decreases the appearance of fine lines and wrinkles by up to 30%. This product is easy to take. The capsules are smaller than a penny. All you have to do is take one capsule two times a day, one in the morning and one before bed. It's a very easy routine. And it's vegan. Biosil doesn't contain any collagen from animals, and it's GMO-free. It's safe for pregnant moms-to-be or when you're breastfeeding. If you're already taking collagen like me, I take a marine collagen blend every day. This supplement works great to work synergistically with your collagen, or you could take it by itself as well. Get 30% off your first product order on Biosil's website with code Dr. Will Cole. That's D-R-W-I-L-L-C-O-L-E. Again, that's code Dr. Will Cole for 30% off your first product order or your subscription exclusively at biosil.beauty. Bond Charge are this amazing holistic wellness brand with a huge range of evidence-based products to optimize your life in every way. They were founded on science and inspired by nature. All Bond Charge products adopt ancestral ways of living in our modern day world. Their extensive range of premium wellness products help you to sleep better, perform better, have more energy, recover faster, balance hormones, reduce inflammation. The list is endless. They have blue light blocking glasses that we love for telehealth patients. They have red light therapy that we recommend to telehealth patients. They have EMF management. They have circadian-friendly lighting. Bond Charge products help you naturally address the issues for our modern-day way of life effortlessly and with maximum impact. Out of all the products that we love from Bond Charge, the one we probably recommend the most is the infrared sauna blanket. It's a great option. Sauna blankets work by raising your heart rate to that of physical exercise. So it burns calories while you relax. You can burn up to 600 calories in just one session in this amazing sauna blanket. Sweating helps to flush out heavy metals and other environmental toxins, infrared heat, and elevating your heart rate while relaxing releases endorphins, which can leave you feeling euphoric, increasing your mood, improving your mood. And it works by using infrared light, which heats the body directly, rather than the air around you like a traditional sauna easy to clean. All you do is just wipe it down with a damn cloth. It's low EMF compared to other brands. It's so easy to set up. It heats up rapidly. This is something that's accessible for people no matter who you are. There's free shipping on every sauna blanket and there's no hidden costs. They make returns and exchanges very easy and they give you a 30-day trial as well and a 12-month warranty. Go to bondcharge.com slash Use coupon code WillCole to save 15% off. That's B-O-N-C-H-A-R-G-E dot com slash Will Use coupon code Will to save 15% off. All right, so let's talk about plant-based. And I know something that people want to know about is protein. Mm. And if someone pr- prefers being more plant-based or um, feels the best eating more plant-based, how can we optimize and prioritize protein? What are your, some of your favorite plant-based protein sources?
1: Well, probably my favorite is, uh, I would say edamame is my favorite, you know, and I tend towards eating a variety rather than, I mean, I do love tofu. I do love tofu and I do use it on the menu. I use tempeh on the menu, both are, which are powerhouses that are obviously soy based, but I do try to get as much protein as I can through green vegetables now I just found out that the the lion's mane mushrooms that I used in our collaboration bowl is also super high in protein, which I didn't realize. It has almost the same protein per weight count as eggs do, which is interesting. I didn't know that. I love protein. Yeah, and like I said, I try to eat a wide variety of green vegetables. That's my my primary source. I personally eat a really high raw diet, so I you know I try not to eat. I know it's not that I try not to eat, but I just I really focus on you know a lot of leafy greens, fruits, vegetables. Nuts and seeds. Yeah.
0: Got it. All right. So, what's typical for someone like, oh man, like I I wanted to get to try to eat more plants or at least Mm -hmm. be more plant centric or plant forward, like, but they don't know where to start. And they just, and it's something that we talk about on the show. Like you said, whole foods, some people will just because it's vegan or plant based doesn't necessarily mean it's healthy or whole food. So, what are some tips you have for people that want to start incorporating more plant based meals?
1: Well, the first thing I always say to people that want to do that is to keep it simple. You know, I think people want to try to, I would say, try to find, you know, five dishes that you can easily make, you know, like make um, like a Mexican bowl, right? So you've got a guacamole, you've got beans, you've got rice, you know, maybe you've got some, you know, some sauteed kale in it or something like that. You know, that I would try to keep it simple and really work on something like that. A great pasta dish, you know, that has a lot of, you know water rich vegetables say like a zucchini or something like that and a, you know a great tomato based sauce that's also vegan you know just like a risotto is really nice you know or even just a really one of our most popular bowls at cafe gratitude is is the grateful bowl and it's basically black beans shaved kale and a, a great tahini sauce garlic tahini sauce like you can get a really simple garlic tahini sauce on your under your belt you know four ingredients and just go with that to start with. I think people get intimidated by thinking, I have to do this, I have to do that to figure out how to cook tofu and, Mm -hmm. you know. And I would say if you wanna get like a, you know, a nice, you know, marinated tofu from, you know, one of the great groceries that we now have across the country, you know, like you can get a nice marinated tofu and add it onto a rice bowl with, you know, some nice sauteed greens in it Mm -hmm. and call it a day. I think the problem, the people that get caught up with it, and maybe you've come across this too, is that people's palates need to change a little bit. You know, like it's hard i think in the beginning people want if you especially if you're trying to go plant-based, you're missing that sort of like huge mouth satiety of meat. You know, even if it's even if it's chicken breast, you know, I mean it's been a long time since I've eaten it but you know, I know that that's got like a boom, you know, like it's a big, huge, full flavor. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you might have to sauce things up a little bit in the beginning or, you know, Mm -hmm. just to give them some complexity, which is what I do at the restaurant. You know, I mean, I don't always eat the way that I cook in the restaurants because I'm trying to appeal to those people that are looking for a a very satisfying plant-based experience in the restaurants. But you don't want to eat like that every day because there's a lot of there's a lot of sauces in there. There's a lot of layering of flavors and stuff in there. And that's, that's what my job is, right? To like give people a gift, to give that experience. But because mm-hmm. that that's what my job is. You know, mm-hmm. when I eat yeah. at home, I eat a lot simpler. I really do eat a lot of, you know, steamed vegetables and grains and, and you know, some tempeh because that's what I've got my palate accustomed to, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Do you feel like has the mainstream public awareness around plant-based, I mean, maybe just everywhere in the country but specifically in LA like at the different locations what has changed i guess in the image or the clientele that you're getting has it changed in the time that you've been in this space
1: yeah i think so i think it's certainly become a lot more normalized i mean mm-hmm. you know even cafe gratitude's culture of the affirmation names and you know what if you're if you're coming to cafe gratitude you've probably heard about it it's not so crazy or threatening but in terms of the food part of it, I feel like people are just a lot more a-knowledgeable. So things don't occur for them as strange anymore, mm-hmm. but they're also looking for comfort foods that that aren't as unhealthy for them, right? So mm-hmm. I feel like in the beginning, I used to feel a lot more restrained. Like I can't put X, Y, or Z ingredient in it because people are, you know, like they don't want this or that. And, and now I find that I can actually allow myself to have a little bit more fun make it a little bit more satisfying as a dish. And people are still getting the benefits out of it because it's a whole food plant-based dish, you know? So I Mm -hmm. allow myself, they're allowing themselves to enjoy uh, plant-based food and and I'm allowing myself more joy in cooking it, I think. That's Uh, the biggest thing I've noticed. You mentioned something that I'm always curious about. I mean, you obviously have a passion of
0: food and cooking and focusing on these nutrient-dense superfoods, if you will but it can be a job. And it sounds like you still have a joy and it. Does it ever become not a joy? And how do you prevent that from happening? So you make, keep the joy?
1: Well, yes, I definitely still have the joy of it. And I find that where it becomes sometimes not a joy is that when I'm like, there's, there's a part of me, like, it, it's, I guess that artistic experience, right, where Mm -hmm. something I want to start looking at this ingredient, this kind of a dish or this sort of thing. And that's what I'm feeling passionate about. If I have to divert and prepare a dish or some menu items or something for a specific reason, that's Mm -hmm. not what I'm passionate about right now. That gets challenging for me. and. I think, you know, in, in my, obviously of cafe gratitude, you know, we've done various things over the year. We've done meal plans, we've done wholesale, we've done, you know, special collaborations. And sometimes those inspire me and sometimes they don't. And you're just like all of us where sometimes we have to do things that our job requires of us, you know, yeah. when I really want to focus on lion's mane mushrooms, you know, like that's <laughs> you know, like, for example, but that's the only thing that gets me off my passionate track. Of I love it. We'll food. talk
0: all yeah. about Lion's Mane again a little bit yeah. later. You mentioned affirmations, which is one of the things beyond the food and the deliciousness yeah. and the whole food intentionality behind Cafe Gratitude, something that I've always, it's so unique to Cafe Gratitude and something that I really appreciate deeply yeah. coming from my space and just my, my own walk and my own work with patients are the affirmations. Mm-hmm. Can you like, where was the genesis of that and Yeah, I mean, let's start there. What's the history behind it?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, Cafe Gratitude, as you may or may may not know, or as the listeners may or may not know, was founded by... Matthew and Tercey Engelhart in San Francisco, they had decided to create a board game in abundance, believe it or not. This this cafe was born because of that board game, the abounding river board game. They made this whole board game, and the practice of the board game was to, you know, ask questions and it really, it really directed your attention onto what you were grateful for, where you could find abundance in your life. And then they decided one day that the best way to get people to play this board game. Was to open a little cafe where people could come play the board game, and so they just they had just finished a raw food a, a, a raw food retreat I think, and they decided hey it would be really easy to open a raw food restaurant because we don't have to get like big ovens and things like that. So they decided to open a raw food restaurant where people came and played this board game as sort of like a gaming parlor. And the the board games were the tables. Like they were on they were laminated into the tables. And, you know, Matthew and Tercy were there. Tercy was in the kitchen. Matthew was in the front of the house. And, you know, they would come in and guide people through the board game. And I think that's why it was so like people went like, this is crazy. You know, there's a raw food restaurant doing this crazy board game about abundance and gratitude. <laughs> And, you know, I think that the affirmation names originally came out of the board game, right? Like as, you know, part of the practices and we had all these, you know, at the original gratitude had all sorts of, you know, what we called sacred commerce practices, which were really just about getting people to put their attention on how they're being provided for in the world where they could Mm -hmm. find, you know, abundance or gratitude. And, And so the affirmations really were helpful with that, right? Like, you know, if you named a dish I am grateful, then, you know, the more that you say, so, you know, if, if it's written on the menu and the customer says, oh, you know, I'll have, I am grateful, and then the service says, okay, great, you're grateful, and then they take it to the kitchen, they mm-hmm. order, you know, you are grateful, I am grateful, it comes back from the kitchen. And so it's like, it's repeated 10 times, right? Yeah. In the ideal world. Sometimes wow. we, we miss a few steps, but yeah, that's the idea of repeating. It's like my, my Dharma name. How many times in the world you repeat something? I am awesome. I am awesome. You are awesome. You're hearing it from other people when they bring your dish. You are awesome. You know, yeah, that <sighs> was that was where it was born.
0: Wow, that's so beautiful. Anybody yeah. that's listen- that knows me, that listens to the podcast will know this is the complete ethos of the show. Now you know why I'm having Chef Drew here. It's like, <laughs> this is just the same thing. That's the same, we speak the same language. I mean, we're coming from maybe different perspectives, but yeah. we have this Venn diagram overlap between this beautiful connection between mental health and physical health. And we'll talk about gut feelings in a little bit. But yeah. I mean, just thinking of the average person out there that may just walked off the street, walk off the street, they see some healthy foods, but they're repeating these things, these these positive affirmations. And we know the science behind it, even the science yeah. behind affirmation, science behind manifestation even of shifting our physiology because of these words. Have you ever heard stories from people <laughs> that it was like a springboard of- bringing affirmations in their life and lifting their day and they didn't plan on it.
1: As you were talking, I mean, I was just kind of flashing on so many of the the people that have, you know, had their lives transformed by basically from the affirmations. And we get a lot of flack for them too, right? We always have over the years, people feel resistant to it. They feel invaded by them. They don't want to have a, you know, the affirmations and the question of the day, which is something that we can touch on. But Definitely, we've there have been numerous times of pe- experiences of people who've come in and they've received a cancer diagnosis that day, or they somebody that they know has received some you know awful health diagnosis, and they they look on the menu and they see you are healthy, I am healthy, right? One of our green mm. juices that we had in the past, and they just break down crying, you know, because it's like a curse for them as a message, right? Mm-hmm. You are you know you are well, you are you know you are supported. These are all things which are actually the two affirmation names that i chose for your menu i did so they just came to my mind but it's true the cafe gratitude in kansas city was you know opened by a woman named natalie george who at the time you know had come in from a lifetime of food addiction and you know she just saw on the menu one day you are awesome and it just for some reason at that moment and time it occurred for her i really am awesome and you know it was started her her journey of healing Mm -hmm. And it it goes on and on. There's been so many of those, you know, Mm -hmm. and I still get, we still get letters to this day of people saying, I came into your restaurant in San Diego nine years ago. And, you know, and I just want to let you know that I saw your, you know, then that affirmation I'm on the menu and I started repeating it to myself every day and, you know, and I've healed from, you know, some, some bad condition. And yeah, so it's absolutely the power of, of affirmations is real. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Wow.
0: I love that. Thank you for sharing that. I shouldn't be surprised, but I didn't know maybe because I'm out of the LA bubble. I'm here in the woods of Western Pennsylvania, that <laughs> people would be pissed off about affirmations. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Well, I'd love, this. is that still like a rub yes. for some people?
1: I mean, I it's gotten better over the years, you know, like I think that in the beginning people were super triggered by it. I mean, I would say When we first opened the restaurant in Los Angeles, it was a 50-50 split. Some people came because of that. They wanted to hear the question of the day. They wanted to like see those funny, you know, affirmation names on the menu. And then other people were just like, I'll have the burger. I'll have the veggie burger. (laughs) They just don't want to say (laughs) They couldn't bring themselves to it. Yeah, (laughs) they couldn't do it. But yeah, it softened up a little bit because now it's kind of our stock and trade, you know?
0: Yeah, but you know what? Isn't that a testament to you have to be ready, right? And it's something that's so positive can be really triggering or offensive or uncomfortable for a dysregulated nervous system, basically. And it's uncomfortable to speak positive in your life sometimes, but that's the point. That's why we all really suck at it and why we need to lean into it and strengthen
1: something that's weak. I would say that people are more triggered by the question of the day, which we ask originally. All right, tell me about that, this. I don't know about yeah, the question of the, the day. Question of the day. Wow, that's that's one of our big ones. Okay. Well, the original question of the day, we engage with our employees in what we call a clearing, which is basically a way for you to come into work and to get present with your job. And uh, we usually ask two questions. One is is what we call a shadow question, which is something that maybe puts your attention on something you might be struggling in your life, like where where are you not showing up for yourself. You know who who should you who do you think you might need to apologize to? Something like that, just as a way to people to go, wow, this is something that I'm holding on to that I didn't realize. And then we sort of ask the question, get a response, and the idea is not to counsel or coach or heal people. It's mostly just to allow them the expression of maybe expressing something in in the workplace where they might not have felt comfortable expressing a negative, you know, thought before. Mm -hmm. Then we turn it around and we ask them the question of the day, which is usually the intention is to put your intention on something positive. Mm -hmm. And the question of the day, since day one, we've asked our customers as well. And the original question for the first few years was, what are you grateful for? Which is kind of what our tag is. And then at one point people We thought we would switch it up a little bit you know after three or four years of answering what are you grateful for and so now it's basically it could be anything what do you love about your life what is your most shining quality like something you know along those lines it's a way of saying hey what's great about this moment And what can i value about this moment Mm -hmm. and we asked that to the customer and now we actually at a certain point in time had to ask people if they would like to hear the question of the day because we would ask them and they would get so challenged by it right because and now some people say no i don't want to hear the question of the day. it's like okay great you know that's fine we would ask you to put your attention on something positive but <laughs> yeah so now then, we ask them, and it's, yeah. I think people, again, we've had a lot of breakthrough stories of people, it's a conversation starter for the table, you know, and mm-hmm. it, you know, people learn things about themselves and about those they're with that they might not have known, you know. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, in our age of being stuck on our phones, like wall like the Pixar film, it's probably so beautiful too to like be this conversation yeah. starter amongst the table. Absolutely. Now that you're saying it, I do remember. I didn't know it was yeah. called Question of the Day. I just thought yeah. that the server just wanted to ask me a cool question. <laughs> now <laughs> yeah, I now no. I know it's well. A that's thing.
1: good because that came occurred as a natural sort of you know yeah. inquisitive. Yeah.
0: <laughs> this episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. One of the most common questions that I get either from new Health patients or people that listen to the pod, they'll ask, what are some easy on-the-go snack ideas? Something that is nutrient-dense, loves me back, but it's convenient as well and tastes great. A brand that I've loved for a long time that checks all of these boxes is IQ Bar. The IQ Bars are plant protein bars that are perfect low-carb grab-and-go breakfast options Their IQ Mix is a zero-sugar hydration drink, replenishing beneficial electrolytes. And their IQ Joe are mushroom coffees that are packed with magnesium and the functional mushroom, Lion's Mane, which has an adaptogenic benefit for your brain to keep you focused all day long. They have over 10,000 five-star reviews and counting for these three amazing product lines. If your 2024 resolutions involve leveling up your diet, start right with IQ bars, brain and body boosting bars, the hydration mixes, and the mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. You can get seven IQ bar flavors, four IQ mix flavors, and four IQ Joe flavors. And today, our listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. All you have to do is text ABW to 64000. All IQ Bar products are gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free, and contain no GMOs or artificial sweeteners. Some of my favorite flavors for the IQ Bars: they have chocolate sea salt, they have peanut butter chip, which is so good, wild blueberry, and so much more. Plus, IQ Bar makes the number one brain and body nutrition bar, hydration mix, and instant coffee in the United States. Refuel Smarter, you can get seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix Sticks, four IQ Joe Sticks, And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ bar products, plus get free shipping to get your 20% off. Just text ABW to 64,000, get your discount, text ABW to 64,000. That's ABW to 64,000. The other day I got charged for an app that I subscribed to ages ago Honestly, I completely forgot about it because it was one of those annual charges and I stopped using it after a few months. I tried to cancel it. And the only way to do it was by calling their customer service number. But of course, they're only available from 10 to 5. When I'm seeing telehealth patients from 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. And I just kind of put it on the back burner. So what did I do? Nothing. I forgot about it. <laughs> Rocket Money, on the other hand, was able to take care of it for me very easily. I'm such a fan now of Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions that we, almost all of us have, monitors your spending, and helps to lower your bills. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, very organized, and if I see something that I don't want, I can cancel it with just a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service again. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest for you. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. So. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to RocketMoney.com/WillCole. That's RocketMoney.com/WillCole. RocketMoney.com/WillCole. Cole. right, so we have something exciting that we collaborated on. Yeah,
1: do you want to share the news? What it is. Yeah, well, we are collaborating with Dr. Will Cole to create a gut health menu, a special limited time only menu that has basically, you know, four options. There's a breakfast smoothie. There's a a lunch, I would say, a lunch bowl and then a a protein forward dinner plate Mm -hmm. as well. And a beautiful uh, roasted vegetable plant bone broth, which I'm calling Mm -hmm. a plant bone broth. And I'm hoping that people won't get triggered by that. But you know. <laughs> the, people said, Are the, we gonna really say that? I'm like, Yeah, we're gonna say that. We're gonna say it. But we're, we're gonna plant bone broth. Plants have bones. We're using them to make broths.
0: <laughs> I love it. Plant bones. That's the yeah. the boneless the boneless broth of the Yeah, and pan, yeah. plants have bones, certainly. Though, all right. So I am so excited excited about this. I'll give you my my side of things is that yeah. I I mean my latest book, it's called Gut Feelings, and it's born out of my work with our telehealth patients, first and foremost, but it's this paradigm, this bidirectional crosstalk between gut, i.e. physiological health our gut health, and feelings, this mental, emotional, spiritual stuff. So when, when you all reached out to me, I was already a fan of Cafe Gratitude for years just as a person, but yet the synergy and the timing of really mm. releasing these plant-forward but also protein forward for blood sugar stabilization, satiety, signaling all the benefits of optimizing protein that we talk about in the show. But it's also gut-centric, gut-friendly. It's supportive of gut health, but it's paired with this beautiful feeling side of it all because that's what you already do with these affirmations for these gut feelings meal plan, basically, are like a day in the life of people that want to eat this way. So I'm really excited about it. Can we go through like what a day in the life looks like on the Gut Feelings Cafe Gratitude menu?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we're starting with I Am Supported, yeah. which is sort of an antioxidant smoothie that ha- that's almond milk based. It has a number of, of supplements, it has DGL in it. It has uh, glutamine in it. It has ashwagandha in it, mm-hmm. I believe. I'm trying to remember. <laughs> Hold on. I'm to, like, I don't have the list has, in front of me. But I, yeah. I have
0: it I have it here. I, yeah. We have pre, pro, and postbiotic. That's what it? it
1: was. That was the one I was missing.
0: Yeah, we have the, the DGL, yeah. which is great for supporting gut health. The zinc carnosine, which is great for supporting gut health. You mentioned L-glutamine. So this is like yeah. a gut gut health, friendly smoothie, but also you're having these whole foods. You mentioned spirulina,
1: I think you said, spirulina. Yeah, yeah, it is in there. Sorry for interrupting you, but it tastes delicious. It's really great. And it goes with our house-made almond milk, you know, all organic ingredients, of course. And then uh, we have a really beautiful little antioxidant blueberry swirl, which kind of goes in- the inside of the glass would give this this blue spirulina plus this blue swirl it's really gorgeous yeah and delicious and it's it's cool for me because it was this whole menu has been an interesting it was one of those things initially i'll be 100 percent transparent which in the beginning i was like oh i have to do a doctor's menu you know <laughs> <Kind of> like, <laughs> like i'm it. a chef i want to have fun you know yeah but it turned out like once i <laughs> once i like realized oh wait but we're talking about whole foods here. And we're talking about when I looked at what your principles were in your your gut feelings book, I was like, okay, I can get behind this. Like this gives me lots of room to play and the idea is that we're making people want to have a great experience of healing their gut, you know, not a restrictive one, you know. So Yeah. So oh man, that gave me a I, I love that. <laughs>
0: I love that I converted you and I <laughs> you did. didn't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Who the heck is this guy? I'm not. Yeah. I'm not your mother's doctor. I'm. am a fun. am a fun time waiting to happen. And and you know we like we said we have so much synergy. And I'm glad yeah. this came together. So that's I am supported. That's I am so supported. People can say I am supported. They're supporting their gut health. They're supporting yeah. their blood sugar stability through the, this morning smoothie. So let's yeah. go to the, to the next one. It's I am comforting.
1: I am comforting is our plant bone broth. Cafe Gratitude exclusive. What's great about this broth is that it's got kombu, which is I know that you're fully behind. I'm, a, got I'm a, a fan. It's got a little bit of dry mushroom in it, uh, some porcini. And what I've done with this is I've taken the, the vegetables, which are very straightforward, you know, like carrots, onions, the, the kombu. What else is in there? Carrots, onions, and there's some celery in there as well. And I've, I've taken it and marinated it all in some miso and a little bit of extra virgin olive oil. And then we roast it off and then make the broth with the roasted vegetables. And it's it's almost like a beautiful consomme or something. It's got that really beautiful sort of, you know, heart heartwarming kind of comforting quality to it. And then we threw some toasted herb hemp seeds on top of it, so, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: I am comforting. And that's such a grounding tool, something that, you know, a lot of our work with many of our patients is really these brothing experiences, this time, this proverbial siesta yeah. for the gut, which... I'm so excited for people to use. I am comforting because some people, I mean, we, they may do some some bone broth and then plant based mm-hmm. plant based broth. But I recommend plant based broth for everybody because yeah. it's so well tolerated, so calming, so restorative, and so comforting. Hence the name. Um, yeah.
1: and I think that this I sort of you could you could this be in addition to either one of the other dishes on the menu. Or sort of as an on-the-go sort of pick-me-up, or a late afternoon sort of, you know, hunger squelcher. Something it can it serves so many different things. It's not necessarily a course by itself, but it could be in conjunction with one of the others, or by itself.
0: Yeah, and something that you mentioned earlier that. I want to highlight is your house made almond milk like these yeah. ingredients everybody these aren't like the store-bought things that you know are great in a pinch or accessibility of that i'm not shaming anybody but some of them have like these ingredients that aren't ideal these gums and emulsifiers that yeah. aren't the, the cleanest purest, like gonna work for everybody quality and that's what you guys are doing with from scratch
1: right yeah Uh, The whole menu, you know, we're really a scratch kitchen and that's down to, I think the only thing that I purchased that I could have made myself and I did make for years was ketchup. And I was like, okay, after years of trying to make a good ketchup and (laughs) over five different restaurants, you know, different teams, I was like, no, I'm buying ketchup, but everything else we make in-house, including the milks and the, you know, everything. Great. So we have the,
0: I am supported. We have the, I am comforting plant broth. And then we have the next one. I am nourishing. What's that?
1: I am nourishing is a curried coconut collard greens served over a coconut basmati rice with some roasted garnet yams and a really lovely pistachio coconut uh, shaved shallot crunch that goes on top of it. And this was the chef Saison Drew Ellis take on one of Dr. Will Cole's gut health recipes, (laughs) the the collards recipe, which is, it was interesting because it was not something that I thought I was gonna get into. I thought I I originally looked through some of your recipes to see what I could, you know, that would inspire me to develop something. And this was one that stood out because I I was, I'm in a collard greens moment. I wanted to put some collard greens on the menu and the stewed collard greens and the coconut milk with the curried flavors, Mm -hmm. it's really lovely. And it's mm-hmm. it's almost like almost a, say what a Thai style curry because of the coconut milk, the curry spices are really light, so they're as you say they're they're not taxing on on the gut or the stomach mm-hmm. there, but they give you that flavor boost that you're looking for. It's really delicious. I I'm really happy with the way that came out.
0: Yeah, it's delicious. I am nourishing everybody. So you can yeah. start seeing the trend of this is obviously gut health, but you have the feeling side of it with these affirmations and mantras, if you will. But mm-hmm. they're also from a nutrition standpoint, easy to digest, soft, cooked, just really restorative to the gut. So the the last one is I am well, which I'm so excited about.
1: Yeah, which as well was a great affirmation because I thought it was like, Dr. Will, well, Dr. Well, will. You know, it was like it was a fun thing and it was well. This is one of the requests had been to have a, a protein forward sort of entree meal. And again, my most recent obsession before collard greens was lion's mane mushrooms. I just had put a lion's mane brisket onto the menu, which is going like gangbusters and it's delicious. And it's quite high in protein. And it serves almost as a protein, like meaty kind of idea in the bowl or in the plate. And combined with edamame, Broccolini, asparagus, and kale, which are all great sources of amino acids. I'll let you speak to that part. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, we do them in a really lovely little saute with a bit of basil pesto and then saute the mushrooms up with some of our tomato confit. And I put on a herbed coconut goddess dressing, which gives you a bit of fermented food in there as well. So it's herby and, you know, creamy and, and yummy. Goes on top of the coconut basmati rice, which is coconut uh, basmati rice is the first time we've had basmati rice on the menu, if you can believe it or not. Wow. So that was your influence on the cafe too menu because I'll probably keep it on afterwards.
0: Uh, no way. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's an honor. So, yeah. and I also find it interesting that the affirmation after all these years I'm the first I am well. Yeah, we've never had an I am
1: well, it's true, yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Or supported actually, yeah.
0: So from your culinary food expert background, like what do you want people to get out of this gut feelings, cafe gratitude menu?
1: Well, first of all, that plant-based food can be both healing and delicious at the same time. One's not exclusive of the other. That's, I would say the primary focus of it. And again, these dishes, you know, it sounds complicated, but it's actually really not. They're very, very simple, straightforward whole foods. Like that coconut, curry coconut collards, anybody could make. You know, it's it's an easy thing to make. I would say that, you know, introducing them to something new a little bit as well, sort of like with the lion's mane mushroom brisket, which is really just... You know, cooking down lion's mane mushrooms until they turn into a steak. You know, like that's also not so hard. But it's a new thing. So I would say something new that is both healing and satisfying at the same time, without you know, without breaking the bank. Love it. <laughs> yeah. And
0: and again, I know I'm belaboring this point, but the idea of thousands and thousands, ten thousand, who knows the of exponential people repeating, I am supported, I am comforting, yeah. I am nourishing, I am well, is just, that is obviously from a food medicine standpoint, I'm pumped about that. But it's also huge. but also beyond that, like the mind-body connection, I'm really, it couldn't have been more perfect collaboration for the gut feelings concept that I talk about. So thanks for giving, thank you
1: for giving me the opportunity yeah. to, to put it out in the world. This is like, it's a, a match made in heaven for us as well. I mean, it feels, again, like I said, in the beginning, I had to like struggle to find where I was with it, and mm-hmm. it, when I when I dug a little bit, I was like, "Oh, we well, are completely in alignment here. This is mm-hmm. great, you know, and inspiring." So I'm very excited to be doing this. And one thing I wanted to say was that um, this this collaborative menu that we're doing for the for the gut health menu is going to be available to all of our Cafe Gratitude locations, so Larchmont Village, Venice Beach, and Newport Beach as well. So all three locations.
0: Love it. As you know, the podcast is called "The Art of Being Well." At the end of every episode, we have Your Art of Being Well. This is Chef Drew's Art of Being Well. I'm going to pick your brain about a few different things. Sure. First question is, what
1: sliding down this chair.
0: (laughs) Don't be nervous. What is the worst tasting food that you eat? It tastes disgusting, but you still have it because it loves you back. It's a good nutrient-dense, plant-based food for you. Natto. Yeah,
1: that's an easy one. (laughs) Natto is like the thing that I could want to eat, but you know... (laughs) <laughs> I, I think you develop a taste for it, but mm-hmm. I still haven't quite got there. Yeah. yeah.
0: So for people that don't know, natto is fermented soybeans, right? Tell, like tell super gnarly
1: it. fermented soybeans. It yeah. tastes like, you know, I know some weird, like, like awful, I don't know. It's just like fermented thing that you just kind not want to. Yeah. yeah. It is like stringy, gooey. And it's stringy and gooey and you yeah. like, you try to eat it and you get these strings. It's very, very popular in Japan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. just like, yeah. And it's
0: one of the best sources of vitamin K2. Yeah. So, yeah. which is the fat soluble vitamin that, you know, we all need. So just, yeah. it's a good pick. It's a good pick for sure. All right. What's your ideal like, dream vacation, dream holiday?
1: Currently at the moment, back in Japan, I would love to experience temple food in Kyoto, Japan. That's what I'd like to do. Yeah. I love that. Like to spend some time there, you know, with the, you know, sort of the, the roots of my my Buddhist tradition, but also I'm super in love with Japanese and Chinese and Korean temple food traditions. That if people don't know, temple foods are like, you know, these these incredibly beautiful and varied cuisines that have arisen from Buddhist monasteries, particularly in Asia, that have come to us now, then they don't use garlic and they don't use onion and they're super calming foods, but they're beautiful and delicious and complicated and multi-course. And yeah, so that's that would be my dream vacation right now.
0: Wow. What's yeah. your, do you take supplements? And if you do, what's one supplement that has been supportive of you personally?
1: I only take uh, D3 and B12 as a vegan. And- I, I guess I can say this. You know, I love the moon juice supplements that I, I take their superpower and their super you. I take their magnesium ohm at night, which I love, and their ting, which is a, another multivitamin B. I'm kind of an obsessive about moon juice. I love their stuff.
0: Yeah. She, yeah. Amanda's a long time yeah. friend of mine. She, does she still? Her location was right across the street, across the from, the street Venice. from Venice. Yeah. yeah. Rose. <laughs> it's still yeah. there. Yeah. All right. She's great. I love her. She's been on the show before. All right. Next question. What is. Let's go back to Zen Buddhism real fast. What is a Zen Buddhism concept or principle that you feel more your average person out there that doesn't have a spiritual practice? What's something that you would like to share to the audience right now?
1: I would say be where you are, Mm. you know, and and to approach the, the moment with a beginner's mind. And beginner's mind is the mind that doesn't know anything, right? So I would say, you know, coming into this interview, for example, you know, I was... I was a little bit intimidated. I don't know what we're talking about. I didn't, did I get the talking points? I didn't see the talking points, you know? And I thought, okay, if you go in with a beginner's mind, I'm not going to have any preconceptions about what's going to happen. And however it comes out, it's going to be perfect because mm. it was just what was happening in the moment. And, you know, so I would say, be where you are right now and look at the moment with a beginner's mind. A with great, no preconceptions. Oh, so good.
0: So this childlike curiosity. Yeah. Because it's, it's so true. I mean, they the reactive mind, especially in our world today, maybe it's always been a thing, but I feel like it's more acute of where we're constantly distracted and numbing and like we are lacking this JOMO, this joy of missing out, the antithesis of FOMO. How do we like what are are there some practical tips that you have to be where you are now, to ground yourself in the present moment and not be worrying about the future or, you know, dreading, dreading the
1: future or, or worrying about the past? I would, well, you know, it's it's certainly not a simple thing. You know, you can't master it in one, well, maybe you can master it in one minute, but you can only master it for one minute, right? And you're gonna have to master it again in another minute. Like, it's not something that you do once and then it's a wash and done. You have to actually constantly bring your attention back to what's happening in this minute. You know, kind of step back and just take a breath, you know? And this is something for me where we're so accustomed to reacting to things you know, and if, if I, what I would say is try to remember that you don't have to react to everything immediately, you know, and, and I would say that my meditation practice, my Zen practice is give me the the tool to kind of just step back, even if it's for three seconds and go, you know, and then that three second breath is enough to give you some time to think I, I can not react. I can just hold my seat for a minute. And before I, I, I re- react, I respond to this situation. I think that's the biggest thing to just Take a quick three-second breath and just before you react and put mm-hmm. down your phone. What's <laughs> the yeah. other thing? Just put down your phone, you know? I think it's the most distracting tool that we have. I mean, we yeah. all know that, but yeah. yeah.
0: What would you say to somebody that says, I, I get some new telehealth patients that tell me this. Well, I'm not good at meditation or meditation's not for me or this mindfulness is not my thing. What yeah. do you
1: say to someone who says that? I would say just sit down and count to 10. And then tomorrow, sit down and count to 12, you know, and if you, because I think a lot of people just don't get what meditation is. I think they think that meditate, most people feel that meditation is, I have to shut out everything. I have to get up, you know, I have to stop thinking. That's, that's not it. What you actually cannot not stop thinking. You can't not stop thinking. It's just thinking is thinking. You have to think not thinking. Mm Mm-hmm. So, really, what we're looking at doing is allowing thoughts to just pass through. And, you know, counting to 10 gives you something to hang on to without, that's sort of a neutral thing, you know, or counting, counting 10 breaths as you're sitting there. And you can do that in a chair, you can do that in bed, you can do that in the middle of a meeting if you need to. And mm-hmm. that's for me a great centering tool. to just yeah. count, count my breaths, you know, as I'm breathing them without forcing them.
0: I think you're exactly right. I think a lot of people, when they say that, well, first of all, we all suck at it. Again, that's why yeah. we want to strengthen something that's <laughs> totally. weak, but they feel like they're a failure because their mind is wandering and they can't do the thing. But that's the yeah. point of it, right? You're growing an awareness that you aren't your thoughts, but the observing presence of the thoughts.
1: Yeah, I mean, Suzuki Roshi, who was the founder of the particular Zen school that I'm a part of in San Francisco, he was one of the first Japanese uh, teachers to come. He brought came to San Francisco in 59, I think, and founded the temple there. You know, he said, give your mind a wild field, a wide field, Mm. like it's, you know, it's to to graze in Mm -hmm. and just allow it to do that. You don't have, it's like diet. You don't have to constrain it. The minute you start constraining it, that's where the problems begin. You know, Mm -hmm. let it go. It'll come back and just don't attach to it going away or coming back. You know, mm-hmm.
0: and, and, and I think also, as we keep talking about in this conversation, a great entry point are affirmations, right? I mean, it's yes. at least some focal point that if nothing else, focus on breath and affirmations. Wouldn't you say that's yeah. a good starting point?
1: I think that's a great, affirm- I think that's a great starting point. And I think, you know, it's simple affirmations that, you know, what am I grateful for? You know, like, what am I grateful for right now? because it's so easy to get, you know, stuck in our, in our spirals of like, what's wrong, what's wrong, what's wrong. I just came through one of them the last couple of days. You know, I saw, I saw a friend who, you know, who was actually a gratitude employee for many years and who's living their best life right now. And, you know, traveling and do all this stuff. And I went through this like vortex of like, why, why can't I do that? And I thought, Mm -hmm. because that's not your path right now. And just like, what are you actually grateful for? I'm grateful for this incredible opportunity that I have to put this food out into the world, to have mm-hmm. collaborations like this that grow that, that opportunity even more. Like that's, that's an important, beautiful thing. And I I cannot be present to that all the time. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm, no, I'm no more tapped in than anybody else, but that simple affirmation can bring it back to, what am I grateful for? Oh, this is so great. Tomorrow I'm gonna do this podcast and we're gonna talk about how we're gonna help people get healthy and, and do it in a really satisfying way.
0: I love that. Thanks for saying that. I agree. We we can all get caught up in that mode. And affirmations have been a big influence on me, a big helper for me, a big, Mm -hmm. I call them metaphysical meals, right? It's like, that's what these affirmations are. Like meditation practices are metaphysical meals. Like what can you do to nourish your soul, which impacts your physiology? It strength, it tones the vagus nerve. It calms stress hormones. It calms inflammation levels. Uh, And vagus nerve is that gut brain connector, connector, right? It's, it's, it's responsible for that parasympathetic resting, digesting aspect of the nervous system. So that is what we're talking about. That's what this meal plan is about, which I'm just so geeked about it. So the last question that I have, Chef Drew, is what is a book? It could be fiction. It could be nonfiction, that you, a book that you've read in the past year or so that's really inspired you and got you thinking in a, in a fresh new way
1: let's see it's funny i just i just happened to reread zen mind the beginner's mind by Suzuki Roshi who was again the founder of my tradition and it's a very small simple accessible book but it really helped remind me that we're all interconnected and that i am not my mind all over again you know after all these years of zen practice like to read that very basic straightforward text was just impactful for me i just reread it again this year
0: I love that. Some of the best books. I mean, there's a few books that I keep going back to. Eckhart Tolle is one of those people for oh, me, yeah. which he really infuses, I think, a lot of Zen concepts, right? For the average
1: person. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah. All right, my friend, we have some exciting, like as if you, people shouldn't be excited enough, we're giving, <laughs> we have a giveaway in, to celebrate the launch of the Cafe Gratitude Got Feelings menu. We're giving away a $100 gift card for Cafe Gratitude, right? We're giving away a free book, signed book, Cafe Gratitude cookbook, which is
1: delicious. (laughs) There you go. Love is served.
0: Love is served. You get a free signed cookbook from Cafe Gratitude. Love is served. And you also get a free signed copy of Gut Feelings by yours truly. So how people can win is for a chance to win, head on over to our Instagram, Cafe Gratitude, and me at Dr. Will Cole are going to have a collaborated post on Instagram. Comment on that post about what you loved most about this episode and then share it with a friend on social. It could be, you know, on your stories. And, and of course, follow me and Cafe Gratitude on Instagram. And then we'll randomly pick a winner and we'll send you out the books and the gift card for Cafe Gratitude. I mean, that's, I mean, Super I, I hope I win. I hope I win. <laughs> but anything you want to tell the people before we go?
1: enjoy your life and take it easy. (laughs) I mean, Like really stop beating yourself up and, you know, treat yourself well and give yourself, love yourself up. You're always supported. Yeah.
0: I love it. I am supported. That's the the morning dish. (laughs) Chef, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. It's been so much fun and I'm really excited about this collaboration.
0: Me too. Everybody in the show notes, I'll put the links to everything we talked about in the show notes. We'll see you next time.